0: to you, grateful for your faithfulness, and as we gather together, God, I think that is what we ask from you, to help us to be faithful. Give us ways that we can continue to share your love faithfully to each other, to our community, and to the world around us. Guard our hearts and minds so that we may be witnesses to your message. So, Lord, we ask that as we hear your word proclaimed, you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, I am uh, just extremely excited about uh, this stage of our of our church life together, you know, especially with the uh, small groups or the community groups that we are starting uh, in our church this week. I know uh, the guys group met yesterday and they got started on uh, the curriculum, and we had some Sunday school classes that that worked on it uh, today. And we have several groups that'll be happening uh, over the week. I mean, 15 groups. That's that's a great start. So thank you for your willingness to put yourself out there to be a part of a group to help grow in your faith. You know, uh, this series is called Living the Five, and, and we're looking at, at five different aspects over the next five weeks. You know, we're, we're talking today about how we can't do life alone. Well, you can do life on your own, but I can tell you it's a lot harder to do life on your own than it is when you have people around you and supporting you. We're going to talk about how how growing people change. When when we grow, we we change to to be more and more like Jesus. And when we're saved, we we, we look for ways that we can serve others, serve those around us. And then as we are found, we we look for ways to find others, to to share this this amazing message of Jesus Christ. worship isn't just what we do one hour a week, but worship is something that we live out and we make that a part of our life, kind of like what Wanda was saying in our young disciples' time. You know, what we, what we get here isn't just something that we hold here, it's something that we share every day of our lives. And I remember Uh, in my 20s, you know, I'm I'm 46 years old. And and notice whenever I'm getting older, I start using the word only a lot. Well, I'm only 46 years old. Because I can tell you, whenever I was in my 20s, I would think a 46-year-old was old. But as I was in my 20s, you know, life was was rough. There were a lot of things going on in my life that I, I, I just didn't know sometimes which end was up. And and which end was down. And, and I, I kept trying to find ways to get connected to something. And some of the things that I tried to get connected to were definitely not healthy for me, but there were some things that I did get connected to that, that helped me become the person that I am right now, and I'm thankful for that. One of them was uh, the first time that I really got involved in a, a small group. Uh, I, w- I was looking for a church to be a part of, and I had some friends from college who I, I got reconnected with, and they went to a place on Saturday nights. And I went to worship with them one Saturday night and enjoyed the service, good music, good, good fellowship and everything, but there were like 400 young adults in this gymnasium. And I felt lost until I ran across my friend Flint. And Flint grabbed me, and he brought me over to a group of about 14 to 16 people. And he introduced me to all of them. And, and, and they, they welcomed me into their little circle, just, just 16 people in a, in a small group, if you will, in this large auditorium. And then I went over to one of their houses on a Thursday, and we, we looked at Scripture together. We, we talked about what was going on in our lives, and, and we prayed with each other. We sang with each other. It was an opportunity for me to, to be cared for and supported at that moment in my life. And then a, a, a bell went off in my head, and I realized, you know what, that's what this whole room is all about. There, there are all of these small groups in this room. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have a, a passion, if you will, to make sure that in our church, we may not know every single person in the room, but we want to make sure that every single person in the room is known that you're, you're connected somehow, that you have a group of people gathered around you to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, but also have the opportunity to make a difference in other people's lives as well. Our scripture talks about why it is important to be connected. Why is it that we, we try to meet up in groups and try to live a life that, that is in a covenant, if you will, a way that we can help support and love each other? So I invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. If you don't have your Bibles with you this morning, we'll have the words up on the screen so you can follow along. Hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus speaking in the Gospel of John. He says, this is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and produce fruit and so that your fruit could last. As a result, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give you. I give you these commandments so that you can love each other. For the people of God, thanks be to God. You know, when I look at this passage, there, there are two words that, that really stick out to me. And those two words are our servant and friend. Jesus tells us in this passage that you are no longer a servant, but you are now my friend. And as I started to look at that passage and I started to dig into that a little bit more, I saw that what Jesus was doing, he was, he was flipping the script, if you will. Not saying for, for Jesus in that time that being a servant of God was a bad thing, but he was upping the ante, if you will. He, he, was, he was elevating this, this level of relationship that his disciples and those that were around Jesus' time, they've never heard before. See, back in that day, it it was okay to be a servant of God. When we look at servant, it meant that it was one who gives himself up wholly to another's will. See, this is something that played through all of Scripture, from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We see from the life of Moses, he was the first, one of the first ones identified as one of God's servant. If, if you're familiar with Moses' story, he took off and he ran away from Pharaoh because he killed a fellow Egyptian and was afraid that he was going to get punished. And he was going so far away that he couldn't be Captured or he couldn't be recognized by an Egyptian. But then one day he was taking care of some sheep and he saw this bush burning. And he approached the, the bush, took off his sandals, and God sent him on an amazing adventure to go back to Egypt and to, to free the Israelites and take them to a new Land. See, Moses, he had to relinquish his identity and become a servant of God, allowing what God wanted to be his main driving force. And shortly, if we move a little bit past that, the story of Moses, we get to Joshua. And Joshua was following Moses, and he was scared out of his wits. Because who in the world would want to follow Moses as a leader? So he he was trying to figure out ways how he would be able to do this, and God told him, do not be worried. Do not be anxious. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. If you follow what I ask you to do, if you relinquish yourself and do my will... You will be great, and you will lead my people into the promised land. We even see this later with King David as he becomes king over this small kingdom, and he grows the the kingdom of Israel and unifies all of the, the, the tribes together and becomes great because David became a servant of God. Even in the New Testament, when we see some of the writers, they, they talk about being a servant to God. Paul talks about being a bond servant of God. But Jesus flips the script here. He says, I don't want people who will just follow what I want them to do. I want you to have a relationship with me. The word friend in, in the Greek is philios, and it means someone dearly loved or prized in a personal, intimate way, a trusted confidant held dear in a close bond of personal affection." So we have someone who's over here who was doing God's will, which is great, but what God is calling us to do, what Jesus is calling us to do, is to to put that aside but become intimately known by our Savior, become intimately known by our Creator. Jesus is saying that this is what true love is all about. See, he's raising the bar in our relationship with God. And instead of calling us laborers, if you will, he is offering an intimacy with God that that no person had ever experienced in their life. So we talk about how this sermon is about how we should not do life alone. Well, that leads to, I think, the point that Jesus is wanting us to live out. Is that not only does Jesus want us to be friends of his, but Jesus is calling us to live out that friendship in each and every person's life that we meet. Jesus wants us to make sure that when we have encounters with others, we let them know that they are loved, they are cherished, they are held dear because God looks at them and loves them in that way. So that's why we want to start community groups in our church. It's because we want to make sure that everyone knows that you are loved and you are cherished and we want you to be connected with Someone. We want you to be connected in a way that you can rely on someone else in your life. We want you to be connected because when we are a part of groups like this, we're connected by joy. We have joy in our lives. Now, we know that that doesn't mean that hard times are going to come. I remember in my 20s, whenever I finally met this small group, I remember sitting in my K-5 elementary music classroom, feeling so isolated and so alone that, that I couldn't reach out to anyone because no one had any idea of what my life was all about. No one, no one could possibly know what I was going through. But however, when I got connected with this group, I was able to live out the words of the psalmist in Psalm 30, verse 5, where he says that darkness or sorrow will last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. When I was connected, that didn't mean that those troubled times went away immediately, but I had a group around me that, that walked with me during that difficult time. But when joy came, boy, did we celebrate. Boy, did we enjoy the blessings that followed through that. And I still stay in contact, even so, though some of those friends li- still live up in Kansas. I still stay in contact with them, and we celebrate what goes on in each other's lives. See, see, we are to be connected in groups for that joy. We are also connected through love. See, this passage that, that Jesus gives us, it talks about love at the beginning, and it talks about love at the end, I found this on uh, the internet, and I love this little saying It says, "Dear God, if I give all my love away, can I have a refill?" And The answer absolutely yes, God has so much love that if we even think, we run out of god 's love. God has more for us. To the very beginning of this passage, it says that this is my Commandment that you should love one another. Why? Because God loves us. God has given us love. As, as Jesus laid his life down for us, we are to lay our life down for others. The world around us tells us that we shouldn't do that. The world around us tells us that we should hold ourselves above others and and let the riff and the raft take care of themselves, to let those who are not advantaged just to wallow around in their own pity. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says that we should lay down our lives for others. My friends, that doesn't matter what country we live in. It doesn't matter what uh, socioeconomic class we're in. It doesn't even matter if we're Methodist or Baptist. It means that we lay our lives down for each other because God laid his life down for us. Here's another way that we can take a look at that. In Galatians chapter 6, verses 2, we have these words. To carry each other's burdens, and so you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, when we allow ourselves to live a life where we're no longer isolated, that that we, we support and love each other, we can then carry each other's burdens and raise each other up so that we can live a full and abundant life because that is the life Jesus came so that we may receive. In closing, the final thing that I'd like to share about not living life alone is that we can open up Scripture all we want. And God will speak to us through Scripture if we have our private private devotional time. Not saying that, but... We can pick up more when we are able to share in Scripture together. I started uh, in January, I was trying to do a new uh, Bible plan that uh, helps me read through the entire Scripture uh, in a year. And this year, through the app that I'm using, and I shared this on the uh, church's Facebook page, and if you'd like to join with us, you can look back and, and find it, and you can but I shared it that way I could have other people help me as I move through the Scripture. Because one of the things that I've known in the past is that if I do it by myself, usually by January the 17th, I'll realize that I have one day off. And then by February 16th, there's two or three. And then whatever I get in March, I've just totally abandoned the whole thing just because I'm so far behind, I just can't do it. But this year, I've invited others to join us in, join me in that, that pursuit of reading through the Bible. And we've had some of the most amazing conversations in this app. So I invite you to join with me to do that if you'd like, but it's a way for us to grow together. Uh, there's a singer that I often quote who, who meant the world to me by the name of Rich Mullins. And he talked about. What it meant to be in community with these words. He said, I am a Christian not because someone explained the nuts and bolts of Christianity, but because there were people willing to be the nuts and bolts. See, that's what it means to be in community with each other. It's not just to say, well, I think the Scripture says this, but it is so that we can live out the gospel message with each other so that we can share the life that God has given us with others so that all of our lives may be richer because of the love that God has given us. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we continue in this journey of life, as we continue to seek to find ways to be faithful to the call that you have placed in us, we ask that you help us to gather together, help us to develop uh, small groups or community groups that we can share life with one another so that we know that we are no longer alone or that we are no longer abandoned, but we are claimed as sons and daughters of the King, so that we can live in a relationship that allows us to be known fully by you, but also allows us to be fully known by others so that we can share in life together. So God, be with us as we continue in this series. Help us to continue to grow so that we may be your children. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.